Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my... Wow, look at her. <laughs> she looks fantastic. <laughs> Spooktacular wife, Michelle. Oh, thank you, sweetie. You're, you're so wonderful. I just thought I, I have a uh, Haunted Mansion shirt just like yours, and I thought you probably don't want to be twinsy. So I went with my... Haunted Mansion dress. Well, not only do you have your Haunted Mansion dress and your Haunted Mansion little shawl or whatever right. you want to call this here, but you also have your wonderful Haunted Mansion <laughs> uh, Mickey ears. Those are so good. I know, so, right? They're so cute for the 50th anniversary last year. There you go. Those of you who watch our episodes on YouTube, you've got to check out what Michelle, <laughs> how she's decked out. Every week she looks fantastic, <laughs> but this week she looks extremely spectacular thank you for joining us today we are recording this episode on sunday october 18th 2020 yes we're making our way through the halloween month that might have a little something to do with our topic so might be what i'm wearing you can see a little bit of the doom buggy there and what michelle is wearing of course we'll get to that in a little bit (laughs) thank you for joining us today in the future you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts over the very best place to find us is on our own website HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for the newsletter. Yes, please sign up for the newsletter. If you did uh, subscribe to the newsletter, you found out what our topic was this week first. Uh, I'll get into it a little bit later, but the funny thing is I, I think Disney might subscribe to our newsletter because it was literally just a couple hours after the newsletter went out, they dropped a little something that has to do with our episode. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Yeah, when they when we get to it, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that because I thought it was very funny and in perfect timing. Right. Plus, there's something I'm going to announce during the Ooh. podcast today that would be an advantage if you do subscribe. Oh, well, that's important as well. So <laughs> definitely more reasons to subscribe. Also, please follow us on social media. We're very active on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. As I just mentioned, we do have a YouTube channel. You'll want to check out some of our episodes that we do videotape and we put out on YouTube because Michelle is always decked out in something (laughs) awesome. She looks beautiful. You'll want to see that. Plus, we include a lot of different pictures and all sorts of stuff that kind of goes along with our uh, episodes. So they are sort of, they, they kind of expand on what you're listening for and during our podcast. So uh, if you want to uh, check those out, please uh, just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast on YouTube. Then uh, it will come right up. Hit subscribe and then you'll know whenever we have a new video. And we also, of course, love to uh, talk with you or... uh, you know, get in touch with you, communicate in different ways <laughs> through our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can always suggest new topics. Uh, you can just say hi, whatever you want. We like to communicate, as Michelle said, with you that way. Right. Ask questions, get mm-hmm. clarification. Uh, I guess if we had anything wrong, you could tell us that too. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> a if, big if. If we have anything wrong. <laughs> When we inevitably have many things wrong, you can communicate with us and let us know and we will fix that on the upcoming episode. Tell you and give you credit, of course, for correcting our mistakes because we do have several of them. Um, We also I wanted to let you know that we do have a new category out for our Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame this week. It's a new classic category. It is a category that we had in our inaugural season Mm -hmm. of the Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame. And this uh, time it is best live action film so you can vote for we love your nominations uh give us your top five of any disney 
uh, live action film that could be uh, Disney itself. It could be Star Wars. It could be Marvel. Anything within that, under that Disney umbrella, essentially, is eligible. Uh, we'll let you know that last year, Mary Poppins and Star Wars Episode uh, Five, The Empire Strikes Back, uh, made it into our inaugural class. You don't need to worry about them. They are already in our Hall of Fame. So vote for any of the other films that you want to see make it to our final ballot coming up at the end of the year. Right. And we just love the interaction. We love people answer, you know, giving their ideas and suggestions. And thank you, everybody who's participated mm -hmm. all along now. And we hope some of the people who haven't take take a time to to share your ideas with us. Yes, please do. And by the way, when we get to that final ballot at the end of the year, to kind of entice you, to help you, um, to help us, you know, kind of select this Hall of Famers, we will have some sort of uh, prize package that mm -hmm. we're giving away to one person who votes. And we have another thing that we're working on that might open up a few other interesting things. Well, they might interest you anyway that uh, we'll let you know more of as we progress through the year. Uh, before we get to our main topic, I wanted to mention a couple of things uh, this week. I mean, some Actually, some stuff that we've been enjoying on Disney+. Plus. We haven't really talked much about this in our last several episodes, but there's been some really cool stuff on Disney Plus lately that we've really uh, had a, a, a great time uh, right. taking in uh, while we've been stuck at home for the most <laughs> part. Um, first of all, we never gave our review for Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace Against the Universe. Right. Uh, I think I would go to Michelle with that first because <laughs> um, we know that she loves Phineas and Ferb and she especially loves Candace. So oh, uh, what? Gosh. just quick thoughts on that. Uh, quick thoughts. Film. I thought it was a great film. Uh, had a lot of heart in it. Um, I enjoyed watching it again uh, several times now, and I thought they really did a great job of maintaining the integrity of the characters and the storyline and everything, and it was really fun watching them kind of turn the tables and, and, and put a focus on Candace and, and some struggles with her brothers trying to help her. So it, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. it's cute. It's uh, everything you love about Phineas and Ferb, uh, you know, it's... Uh, there's a big family element within Phineas and Ferb, as we talked about on our appreciation episode right. for it. Uh, the music is spectacular again. They did such a great job yes. right from the very first song oh when gosh. you open it up, which Michelle just giggles to, <laughs> to death whenever we watch that episode. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, well, first go watch the series uh, on Disney Plus and then go watch the film. But it is really good if you've already seen Phineas and Ferb right. in the past and know more about it. Right. Or if you haven't seen it, go back to our episode about Phineas and Ferb and we kind to walk you through what are some of the key episodes to watch so that you don't feel like you have to watch all the seasons just to right. get an understanding. Very, that's very true. Good point. Michelle always has the very <laughs> best point. Uh, a couple other things we're really enjoying on Disney Plus. Uh, we're, 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 we're having a great time watching the magic of Disney's Animal mm -hmm. Kingdom. Yes. I think that is a fantastic series. Really getting back right. behind the scenes, seeing how these cast members are taking care of all these animals, getting to know some of these animals that you see when you're at the uh, uh, Animal Kingdom Park. Right. You know, And uh, really, I know we're enjoying every time they have a new episode come out. Yeah, it's, it's very edutainment. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're right. It I think it's even given us a little bit more appreciation for Disney Animal Kingdom Park as well. But you're right. It, it really is interesting to see how they're really doing things to make the animals' lives better. Um, not just the day-to-day -day health issues, mm -hmm. but just things to, to enrich their lives. And it's amazing. You could really see 
how the trainers or the caretakers are so engaged with the animals that they work with. Mm -hmm. And um, you can't help but get involved in that and feel, you know, some of what they they go through when they have successes. Right. You know, you can just tell that they love these uh, these animals so right. much. They're practically like their family, right. it seems like, when you watch these episodes. And it's just really cool to get to know them and get to know these animals. And we've admitted many times on this show that, you know, uh, the Animal Pink Kingdom Park, Disney's Animal Kingdom, is not our favorite of the right. world. It's nothing wrong with it. Right. We like it just fine. Sure. But it's not our favorite of the parks. And I think that's partially because we live in San Diego where mm-hmm. we have this amazing zoo right and the uh the san diego safari park right. which is kind of a very similar thing where sure. the animals are out roaming right. around a lot so we kind of have that experience right. on a very near to us on a close basis so you know uh, when we go to disney we don't necessarily need to uh, take that in we do still like it i still like kilimanjaro safari right. is just fine but it's not our favorite park but watching these episodes is kind of well, maybe we need to rethink and go to visit Animal Kingdom a little bit more <laughs> and maybe go through more of the walkthroughs and really enjoy right. it. Now that we know you know the names of some exactly. of these animals and stuff. You know, so. Anyway, uh, moving on, one more uh, series that um, we were surprised that we actually enjoyed uh, that's been out for a few weeks now, or actually about a couple months now, is Earth to Ned. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're like, <laughs> we're just going to try this out to see. You know, it's from, uh, you know, it's from the Hensons, you know, so right. it's, I, I think it's Jim Henson's son right. put this one together. So we're like, we'll check it out. And we started watching an episode or two episodes and we really kind of enjoyed it. It's really funny. It's yes. really a great show. Yeah. It, like you said, it was surprising. You know, if I thought, oh, you know, because we know the Muppets have done uh, a series this this uh, season lately. And we thought, oh, is this too much having another Muppet themed kind of show? But it's totally different. And it is really funny. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that anybody in the family can enjoy. You know, I think little kids love the characters that they have on it as adults, the humor. Um, it's just a hit. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's really funny. I'm really, I'm enjoying watching yes. it. And uh, we went through the, the whole season pretty quickly right. because it was so enjoyable. So, and again, we were completely surprised. We were like, okay, what's this thing? Let's see it. I'm sure it's not going to be anything, but let's check it out. Anyway, I, I actually, I think, I would say I would enjoyed it much more than, well, not much more, but more than Muppets Now. Just oh, because yes. Muppets Now seems a little disjointed to me because I don't right. think it was ever supposed to be put together as kind of a uh, episode. You know, it was supposed to be like shorts. Right. And they've kind of put this together. And it's a mishmash of hit and miss mm-hmm. um, sections. Uh, some of them are really great. Some of them, not so much, you right. know. So it's it's, kind of, it's almost like Saturday Night Live in many regards right. of, you know, like... <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a there's a skit or two that's great, and then a lot of it is just you know right, nothing. So yeah. that's what I've kind of found with Muppets now. Finally, uh, we are about to start our Mandalorian season one Woo! re 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 yes. re rewatch uh, <laughs> again as we build up for Mandalorian season two coming here. So we're excited about that. Also, if you haven't checked out Disney Gallery The Mandalorian and you are a Mandalorian fan, please do. It's amazing uh, to go the behind the scenes on so many different aspects of this show and some of it will just blow your mind if you haven't seen it so right. i know it's been out for a long time now so you've probably seen it but just in case there's somebody out there who has not checked it out yet uh please do if you're a mandalorian fan right and we started watching it again and, and enjoyed mm-hmm. it you pick up a few more things that you might have not noticed the first time right so, so um that's it for all my extra notes i wanted to get through we do have lots more stuff for you today including we have a trio of disney cruise line stories for you we'll get to that in just a little bit but let's get to our spooky main topic of the week
yes, our main topic this week is our grim grinning guide <laughs> to Disney's Haunted Mansion. And if we're going to do a grim grinning guide, well, we have to do it with Michelle. Because one, <laughs> I mean, look at this outfit for those of you who are watching this on YouTube. But also, she has the very best research. Now, you may not know this. Uh, maybe you do. But yeah, of course, there's a Haunted Mansion in uh, Walt Disney World. There's a Haunted mm -hmm. Mansion at Disneyland. But there are several different ones uh, across the globe. And some of them would go by different titles. But they all kind of had the same general concept to them. And Michelle's going to break it all down. I did want to mention this. I mentioned this earlier in the show. That as soon as I put this out on the newsletter that we are going to be doing this, uh, Disney, uh, the Disney Parks blog itself sent out a tweet, <laughs> you know, with, uh, you know, showcasing all these haunted <laughs> mansions and manors. And I just thought it was hilarious that that was right after we, you know, basically right. dropped. This is what we were talking about this week. Yeah, they're probably worried that we're going to steal their thunder. But we actually get, have more information. And um, as with any of the things that, that I research, I really make sure I'm, I'm going with reliable sources. Um, and so hopefully we'll give you some information today that's going to help you appreciate them and maybe entice you to some of the ones around the world that you may not have seen. Yeah, we've been to three of them. Mm -hmm. um, and we, I'm sure Michelle will discuss that as we go along. But I'm looking forward to this. Michelle always does the best research. <laughs> she does the best deep dives into this. So let's get to it. Our grim grinning guide to Disney's haunted mansions and manors. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that great introduction, baby. Great. great. Um, so first of all, you know, obviously we've seen with, uh, if you've ever gone to a haunted mansion, you've seen that they, they have such a blend of, of technologies, you know, from uh, audio animatronics that continue to develop and become better, but even some very, you know, basic technology, technology or kind of like, um, you know, what you would see in vaudeville for magic shows and things like that. So, but what really is interesting, so there's five different ones around the world that Disney have. Um, and as you mentioned, some of them have a little different theming or name. Um, but the one thing that makes this attraction unique than other attraction, Disney attractions around the globe is it's placed in a different land in each of the parks. Mm, so I did not know that. <laughs> I already, a fun fact, and we're barely about two minutes into this segment. So, so um, in Disneyland, as you know, it's in New Orleans Square. Uh, at Walt Disney World, it's in Liberty Square. Tokyo Disneyland has it in Fantasyland. <laughs> um, and some interesting things as to why some of these are, are there. Uh, Disneyland Paris has theirs in Frontierland. Mm -hmm. And Hong Kong Disneyland has it in um, Mystic Point. Oh. Which makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So um, we'll go through each of them. Um, but we really felt like it's, I, or at least I felt like it's important to start with the OG, which is the one at Disneyland Park. And that opened in 1969. And as I mentioned, in New Orleans Squares. So it has kind of that flavor of, you know, um, kind of a Louisiana uh, mansion type yeah. of, of View. If you only know the uh, the Haunted Mansion in uh, Walt Disney World, of course, it's more of a stone kind mm -hmm. of northeastern type of mansion, whereas the, the one in Disneyland is much more of a plantation right. manor right. Uh, type of, it's the Haunted Mansion that I grew up with, so it's my favorite look of the Haunted Mansion, but I love them all for right. different reasons. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, um, they do, because of where they're located, they pick up some of the storyline based on that as well. Um, 
the interesting thing I found on this is that this was actually started more than 10 years before it actually opened, that Walt really had an interest in this and had some of his Imagineers working on it. Um, Things started getting postponed because of efforts going into the World's Fair and and developing four attractions for that. Um, But it still is interesting um, that they actually had the, the mansion built in Disneyland Park in 1963 but you didn't you didn't have any information about it Mm. okay so it was just present they did have a um a sign on it and so the only clue as to what guests might find inside was a sign stating disneyland's ghost relations department is currently (laughs) accepting applications from ghosts wishing to enjoy active retirement in a country club (laughs) atmosphere described as Happy haunting grounds. Wow. That was a nice uh, enticing sign there. It right. seems to have worked. Right. So, um, you know, it, it, it was just, like I said, interesting that they had all of this starting way before it actually mm-hmm. came to be. Um, and obviously there were some things that, as I mentioned, with the World's Fair that postponed it um, after that. Walt's death postponed it a little sure. bit. But fortunately, it did get together a legend, Disney legend, Raleigh Crump. Uh, contributed hundreds of concept sketches mm. and uh, the team really took a, had the time then to really get everything put together. And we were on a tour at mm-hmm. Disneyland and they shared a, a funny story. And I don't know if you recall about mm. it where in the warehouse where they had some things and they were practicing with some of the technology. And um, so the I guess at one point the cleaning crew went in there and felt it was a little bit intimidating. And so they asked them to leave the lights on after they were done so that it wouldn't be like a shock coming in the light, <laughs> you know, <laughs> turning on the lights. See and all these things. And goblins yes. and and, but they ended up putting motion detectors on it. So I think that made them even <laughs> jump out more <laughs> nervous. And, and finally the uh, cleaning crew said, uh, you're on your own. God. You clean your own area. <laughs> <laughs> It's too freaky. We're in the middle of the night here. It's freaky enough. Right? We don't need ghosts jumping out at us in every second. So, yeah. Um, the other interesting thing about this one that sets it apart, uh, there's only one other park that does the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. Um, and I know we love that. We I don't love know if, it. Yeah. I don't know if you want to give some of your thoughts about that. Well, I just, I, I, I personally love, and again, for those of you in the Walt Disney World, go to Walt Disney World, you I know everybody loves the Haunted Mansion just as it is. Right. You know, it is great an attraction just as it is. But the fact that we out here at Disneyland get, uh, you know, somewhere between four and five months of it changing over to this uh, Nightmare Before Christmas uh, you know, theme. Right. It's just so cool to have that as an option as well for a portion of the year to go back and visit. It's so well done. You know, it brings along the story of the movie while still staying a lot true to what the Haunted Mansion right. is. Um, you know, some of the animatronics within it are fantastic. Uh, the, the gingerbread house is the, the coolest thing every year. It's different every year. Right. So um, it's just cool to go in there and you you get into the ballroom where the gingerbread house is and you get this waft of ginger and cinnamon and right. everything. And it's it's like, you know, if you think about being on Soren and, you know, you get the, well, uh, you know, some of the the, the islands or whatever, right. or if you're going back to Soren over California, the orange groves right. or whatever, you know, the, some of those uh, scents. Um, that, that, 
ginger scent is the holiday season for me you know right. at Disneyland it's something we have to experience every single time we go at least once per year usually multiple times yeah it really keeps it fresh so that you get actually two different attractions throughout mm-hmm. the year um, speaking of the gingerbread house it does take six of their pastry chefs almost two weeks to get that set up and ready for a show uh, so I thought that was interesting mm. um, each year they add to the you know the loading area that has a lot of the different characters yeah. etc each year they add to that so that it just continues again keeping it fresh keeping mm-hmm. it new um, putting new characters out there uh, as you go through they have obviously because because it's Christmas theme too it has the naughty and nice list mm-hmm. um, the naughty list is actually the names of original team members who worked on this <laughs> overlay so I thought that was kind of cute that they put themselves on the naughty sure. list so um, <clears throat> And so uh, you may have heard um, that, and I, I, I struggle on her name, I don't know why, Leota Toombs Thomas, yeah. who um, is Madame Leota mm-hmm. in the crystal ball. Um, although her vo- that's not her voice. Her voice is on the exit, mm-hmm. the one that tells you to hurry, hurry back. back. So yeah. that's her voice. When they decided to do um, the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay, they tried to figure out they knew they had to retheme that that um, seance room area a little bit more and they went to her daughter mm-hmm. Kim Irvine to invite her to be the the face in the crystal ball for that mm-hmm. and uh, she was in an interview and she said it's just th- the most enjoyable time of the year for her that in that attraction she and her mother are both part of it yeah you know so and i cool. thought so touching and yeah. it's so cool that that was uh and she's an imagineer herself right so, yeah. right so it's cool that disney actually thought of that mm-hmm. detail and incorporated her and, and she does have a lot of obviously facial features that are very similar, similar so yeah. it, it makes it work yeah no it's great it, it would, it's almost pretty much seamless you wouldn't know that it's a different madame leota there you know right when you when you, when you go from the um, the regular Haunted Mansion, the standard Haunted Mansion to the Nightmare Before Christmas version of Haunted Mansion, Haunted Mansion Holiday. Right. So here's some fun facts about the OG. Um, the early concept of the drawings, you know, because it was going to be a haunted mansion, um, they had it looking very dilapidated and everything. Mm-hmm. And Walt said, no way, it's going to look pristine mm-hmm. on the outside and um he said you know we'll take care of the outside let the ghosts take care of the inside <laughs> <laughs> so i thought that was interesting um you know the other thing uh a lot of people probably also know is originally it was thought to be it was going to be a walk through type of attraction and they originally had developed a script that Walt would read at the at the beginning part, kind of, they, they were planning to have like groups of about 40 people that they would tour through. And they wanted to do the beginning part with Walt's voice. And there is actually from the Walt Disney Family Museum, a copy of that script. Ooh. 
that Walt was going to be recording. And for those who signed up for the or sign up for the newsletter, you can have a copy of that. Ooh, wow. Look at that. Michelle giving <laughs> free stuff out to those who subscribe to the newsletter. I hope I remember to put it in because sometimes I forget to put things in the newsletter. So please remind me. I sent you an, uh, an email that says don't open until after. Oh, is that what that was? Okay, now I know. Okay. I will miss out this time. Um, so yeah, sign up for the newsletter by uh, midday on Tuesdays, usually when that will come out. So if you signed up by then, you will that'll be attached to this, the, this next right. edition of the newsletter. Right, there you go. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is that uh, Walt actually did a sneak preview of the Haunted Mansion in one of his Disneyland TV series shows. It was during for the uh, 10th anniversary of Disneyland, and you can actually watch that show mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. We've talked about it mm-hmm. before when we did the World's Fair right. episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're interested, you can check that out and see how he was introducing. It shows a little bit of the concept of the stretching room. Right. So it gives a little few pointers to what was going to be coming Mm -hmm. the other interesting thing is the organ that's in the ballroom is the organ that they used in uh 20,000 leagues under the sea (laughs) (laughs) repurposed repurposed (laughs) repurposed it's very green it's a very green attraction yes exactly so um i thought that was kind of interesting that that it it has you know that dual folklore right that that is cool right so i mean if you think about it that attraction has been well now 51 years uh it is still very popular i mean obviously they've made some adjustments to things but it is still something that has such a great legacy still my favorite classic attraction you know i mean i love rise of the resistance is probably my favorite attraction right now but and we haven't been on mickey and minnie's runaway railway yet although people rave about that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but of the classic attractions for sure the haunted mansion is is no matter which park we're in it's a it's a not miss for right we have to go on it at least once if not multiple times during our trips right so All right, let's move on to the East Coast then, to Walt Disney World. Uh, Their Haunted Mansion, as we mentioned, is in Liberty Square. So it has um, more of an 18th century manor Mm -hmm. appearance to it, very different. Um, Interestingly, it opened only two years after the one at Walt Disney, excuse me, at Disneyland. So they were actually creating them in the warehouses together for both parks. So, um, and I thought that was kind of an interesting part of it. Um, They did, uh, as a lot of people who have been to Walt Disney World know, they did do in 20. 11 an interactive queue and they really expanded yeah the queue is is really oh cool it's there. amazing uh-huh. it's amazing you know obviously they added crypts and tombstones uh that were honoring imagineers um they have a murder mystery that guests can solve so um it's really impressive how they have done that addition there uh, for the queue when fast passes were in place and if they do come in place uh, you do miss that that mm-hmm. is the one thing about the fast passes you miss that but I, I thought again it's a popular ride still and it's something that it's great to have a lot of interaction that people can can do things while they're waiting to get right. on it. It is one of the things that, uh, you know, I mean, Disneyland, a lot of times, um, if you stack up a, a attraction versus attraction from Disneyland to Walt Disney World, a lot of times people will admit that the attractions within Disneyland themselves, not in every case, but in a lot of cases are a little bit better, uh, but the queues 
far and away mm-hmm. at Walt Disney World blow away what they have at Disneyland. Right. Just you know, just for space wise, they have more room to do it. <laughs> um, a lot of times th- these are indoor, not necessarily obviously with, with the Haunted Mansion, but a lot of them are more indoor, so they they can do more things because right. they need that ability to be more indoor because of the weather that you face in Florida as opposed to in Southern California. That's so, right. Um, the queues there blows away, and the uh, the Haunted Mansion queue is mm. it was one of my favorites. For right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I agree. All right, now we'll continue more easterly and go to Tokyo Disneyland. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of giving, giving you them in... You went the, all the way easterly. Yes. <laughs> you, you skipped over <laughs> what was just east of Florida and went all the way easterly. Well, I'm kind of going in the order of what they were built and also their names. So gotcha. this one is also the Haunted Mansion. And as I mentioned, it is in Fantasyland. Uh, the concept of why they put it in Fantasyland, one, they don't have Liberty Square at Tokyo Disneyland. Um, but they, you know, they, they thought of the concept to be um, in that culture, you know, when they think of ghosts and things like that, there is kind of a, a, a pixie portion to that. Hmm. So they thought, okay, it fits Fantasyland. Gotcha. I don't know if that was contrived to actually put it in fantasy land. <laughs> we need to put or, it somewhere. <laughs> right? <laughs> this will we'll make it work. Right. So uh, it's really a replica for the most part of the one that is at Walt Disney World. Uh, mm. With the exception that they didn't do the uh, 2007 refurbishments that okay. Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom uh, had. Um, but they do have a little bit more higher technology in some of their lighting ex- and, and, uh, and some of those um, special effects in that part. And they are also the only other park that has the Nightmare Before Christmas mm. uh, overlay that, that comes up. So oh, Very cool. Yeah. yeah. At some point, we're going to get there to visit. Sometime. Yes, Sometime. yes. All right. So we're moving along really quickly. That's all right. It's all good. Right. It's all good sure? stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe if you're interested, we could do a trivia. Ooh, that's never goes well <laughs> for me. That just does not go well for me, but we can give it a shot. We can give it say. a shot. Uh, so let's come back west, as you mentioned, what would be a little bit more east of Florida, and that is um, Disneyland Paris. Okay. We're skipping over another eastern one. It's back a little bit more mm-hmm. western. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, just, you Michelle's know, rules. We're, we're <laughs> hopping all over the map, you know, there's no rules here. We can just beam from park to park. So it's all good. All right. So, um, this one has a slightly different name. It's called Phantom Manor. Uh, as I mentioned, it's located in Frontierland. It opened on opening day in Disneyland Paris, uh, in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing about this one, it's bilingual. Because, like, if you go to the Tokyo one, it's not Mm. bilingual. But this one is. um, And here's another interesting thing. This one, though, does have a very run-down, dilapidated... Am I saying that right? Dilapidated Dilapidated look to Mm. it, which is, you know, contrary to what Walt wanted at Disneyland. Um, But it, it, you know, it fits the the theming that they have there in Frontierland, kind of like... you Everything's know, the miners yeah. there and everything, yeah. and this is like considered a, a haunted mansion mm-hmm. that you, like you know like more what you would think even as a kid growing up, right? All, who you know a, an abandoned house, yeah. What you would see like um you know some of the you know like the trick or treat short or whatever you know like some of the houses that they would the scary houses you would go up to be like okay this house is fine this house is fine <laughs> why is this house suddenly look really old and covered right? with spider webs and <laughs> you know the shutters are creaking and you know it's flapping around and everything. That's the way that house looks. Exactly. 
So um, anyways, it, as I mentioned, it, it, it does have um, the component that is uh, bilingual and it has the same kind of scenes that the OG has, you know, like it has a seance room and a ballroom, but the theming of what goes on there is more with the storyline of what's that, that uh, Phantom Mansion has. So um, it, it just kind of, it's just adapted Mm. those scenes so for example in the ballroom because this storyline which i'll get to in a second has to do with a bride is they have a wedding cake oh. and it's a it's a like a wedding party so funny because we've been there and we've been through that attraction i don't remember that at all well there's a good reason you can say that mm. because um it reopened in 2019 after being closed right. for 16 months for a revamping and so if you haven't been to that since that closure um so like around 2018 it's a new ride it's huh? a different ride it's got a different storyline it has different some different characters uh the bride is the same and there's some concepts to it that are the same but it is a, in essence a new ride okay well that, that, so that would that, make sense then that's be why i didn't remember that exactly part of it, so yeah. um a, a fun fact is that vincent price's voice was um it was recorded for the original and when they did the revamping and, and reopened it in 2019, within days of people being very, dis let's just say very disappointed that <laughs> Vincent Price was removed, um, they put it back. Oh. So uh, it's, it's interesting that I, I guess I hadn't remembered that it was Vincent Price oh. doing a lot of the narration. I mean, obviously, because it's bilingual, he's not doing all of it, but um, you know, it's, it's very cool that that and and his laugh is in the ballroom mm. that maniacal laugh yeah that's over there <laughs> maniacal, <laughs> laugh. maniacal laugh maniacal laugh, <laughs> maniacal laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, text <laughs> so the storyline in this haunted mansion is that the owner who is henry ravenswood uh has a daughter melanie who he feels is just the most amazing person and she has suitors to get married and he never feels like any of them are good enough <laughs> for her and so interestingly all four of them disappeared somehow <laughs> somehow disappeared what a coincidence yeah, how did um, that happen? <laughs> so rumor has it that the fa that her melanie's father didn't really feel that they were good enough um for his darling daughter <laughs> and so didn't make it so it's this bride theme is throughout it that she is wanting to get married and she keeps losing her bows no so mm. i know strangely enough and when the, you know you gotta be in to wonder why do they just keep going away and am i never to be found again i know i How know could that happen so i'm gonna give you one little spoiler so if you plan to go i don't know if it's a big deal but if you plan to go to disneyland paris and go on this um there's something different that they do where there's a ghost that rides in with you. So you can turn this off for like 10 seconds. Um, instead of just a regular, one of the, the funny appearing ghosts. ghosts or hitchhiking ghosts coming up, it's Melanie. And she <laughs> asks, would you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> so appropriate. No, I don't want to disappear. I know, right? Nope. No, thank you. <laughs> so nope. uh, it, again, it, it's nice that it ties in with the theming. Uh, Another fun fact is um, Disneyland Paris received the 2019 Best Family Park in Europe by European Star Awards in recognition of uh, entrepreneurship, 
courage and innovation with the European theme park industry, and four of their attractions were ranked in the top 10 for best dark rides in all of Europe, and that's Ratatouille, The Adventure, mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean, Twilight Zone Tower Terror, and Phantom Manor. There you go. Yeah. So, very cool. Yeah. And uh, I would agree. Always great. You know, it doesn't matter where it's on or in what language. Right. Still great. Right. You know. It was fun seeing it that it was um, that that how in all of um, Disneyland Paris, a lot of the attractions, the shows, how they, you know, for some things, they actually have two separate mm-hmm. shows. So you can look in your guide uh, on, on the app or whatever. At least two. Sometimes there's another one like for German. Or right. Whatever, right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of going to the show that's going to be in the language that you prefer to listen to it. Um, But in some of these things like attractions, that they really do a great job of blending, you know. And so it's it's not always just like a direct translation, um, but it's it's continuing the storyline with alternating French and English. Yeah. So. It's been a while since we've been there. We need to get back. Uh, it's been a while Telling since we've me. been to Disneyland Paris. So yeah, we had a now great we, time on both of our trips there. Right. And, yeah. yeah, they've added um, more things. I, yeah. I know the last time we went, Star Wars um, mm-hmm. ride was down for refurbishment, so we were kind of sad to miss that. But yeah. There was a bunch of stuff down there. The last yeah. time we were there, um, there it was just kind of that off time of year. They just closed basically down. We was in the fall, I believe. Right. They, they just closed down for the summer. Uh, so we there just wasn't as much open at that point. Right. And they were getting ready for a big anniversary. I think it was, it was for the was, 20th yeah. anniversary. And, and now Disney is taking back kind of over that spot because it used to be that Disney kind of you know oh, you can use it yeah they were consultants but other people owned it mm-hmm. and they didn't necessarily put the money in or do the the, the best they could mm-hmm. to make sure that that park was up to what disney's standards right. are and so you know a couple of years back disney uh, bought out all the, the stock mm-hmm. for that um you know put in a bunch of money into it that they're uh, doing to construct a, a whole, whole bunch of new areas and spiff up some other areas right. and just so I, i'm looking forward to going back there with disney at the reins to right. see how much different it is and how much you know because it's one thing when we were there i noticed it was like okay this is disney but it's not really disney it didn't quite have that same feel as far right. as the cast members and you know the service and everything else Right. But um, I think now with Disney back at the reins that we have some good things to look forward That's to right. in the future. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's go to the fifth haunted mansion. Okay. And that is we're going where we we're hopping somewhere else now. <laughs> going to Hong Kong. Hong now. Kong, Hong Kong, Disneyland. East, West, wherever, whichever <laughs> way we hop, we're going there. Uh, and so that one is called Mystic Manor. As I mentioned, it's in Mystic Point. It opened um, in 2013. Now, this, the thing that sets this apart is the um, Chinese culture doesn't really recognize what we talk about ghosts and goblins and everything uh, of the departed spirits, etc. So they really had to adapt a different theme. And when I first was researching this and I heard it and I'm like, oh, okay, whatevs. Whatevs. <laughs> whatevs. Sounds cute, but doesn't seem like it's haunted mansion theme and so the concept is um instead is that they are um going along with a spirit that brings things to life Mm. and so i'll talk a little bit more about that um but as i mentioned when i first heard that i thought that just doesn't sound (laughs) spooky but 
it, they did, I've done more research on it and saw some uh, YouTubes on it. And it's like, can't wait. I yeah. can't wait to try point, this attraction. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as, as I mentioned, it's, uh, has a different theme. The theme here is that there is um, the owner who is uh, Lord Henry Mystic. He is an eccentric uh, adventurer and art collector. A name like Mystic. How are you not going to be eccentric? I right. know. I know. Uh, this one, I the exterior is a very large Victorian manor. So again, very pristine. Uh, and even inside, it's, it's pristine. So uh, what it is, as I mentioned, it's kind of like... Uh, his house, but also a, a museum that he shares for people to other explorers um, to come in and see the artifacts that he's collected through his travels. The other thing about this attraction, it, it is a trackless ride. Oh. And as we've seen in uh, Ratatouille, The Adventure, and Rise of the Resistance, those trackless attractions are amazing mm -hmm. at what they can do, How not just how smooth, but how they can really focus your attention to something that you they know is part an important part of the storyline right. and you don't exactly know where you're going next that's because, true uh, you don't see a track ahead of you to know okay we're going this direction next or whatever right. the case may be yeah. uh the other fun fact about this that i think you'll really like and maybe you know this already but the musical score is by danny elfman mm -hmm. So Danny Elfman is uh, the the artist who did the score for Nightmare Before Christmas. Among many things Among that he's many, done. Among many, yeah, many, many yeah. things. So um, it's that I thought that was really cool that they they brought him in to mm -hmm. to make their their uh, musical score for that this attraction. Cool. All right. So we, as I mentioned, you're going to the home and personal museum of um, Lord Henry here, who has collected artifacts throughout his adventures, and he just, you know, wants to, to share them. When you first enter the queuing area, and you're actually going into the front, um, you're seeing just a hallway of pictures, art. And in, in that artwork, there's actually a picture of Danny Elfman. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. How funny. Um, but the main part of the artwork is to show the storyline of how Lord Henry came across this monkey pet that he ended up acquiring called Albert. Uh, he actually, um, he actually rescued Albert who was in a, a giant spider web and, uh, and took on and took, uh, Albert under his wings wow. and who now lives with, at, with him in the manor. So the rest of the storyline goes is that um, Lord Henry just acquired a very ornate music box mm. that those music boxes i know they're always a little shaky right that that has rumor that there's magic inside that will bring inanimate objects to life mm. and so uh his goal is not to release that magic because he doesn't know what's going to happen <laughs> um but there's that mischievous side of the monkey oh Albert. That, those monkeys <laughs> <laughs> and he can't resist, and he opens the magic box. And so um, that releases the magic, and, and they call it magic dust. You see, you know, um, the lighting effects mm -hmm. going through. And what you do is you go through eight different types of rooms that are themed rooms because, again, he this is kind of his personal museum mm -hmm. and how he's cataloged his his. Um, 
adventures, his collections. His collections. Yes. Gotcha. And so, um, you know, the, as I mentioned, there's eight. There, uh, I'll just share a couple of them. There's the musical instruments, a solarium, and tribal art. And so as you're traveling through these areas, then you get to experience what happens as these objects come to life. So in the musical instrument where he's collected very unique and, um, well, well, let's just call them unique musical instruments, and they come to life. Obviously, they, they start playing music. Uh, you go into the solarium where he has uh, different types of plants he's procured, and um, one of them become comes to life. And it to me, it's funny because it just looks like the um, carnivorous plant from Little Shop of Little Horrors. Shop of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> so Feed you, me, Seymour. <laughs> so you start to see again the haunting or the you know the the um what do you what do I want to say for this? Just yeah, the hauntingness of this it's an object coming to life, but it's not just oh, isn't that cute that the mm-hmm. the piano is playing on its own or the harp. This now becomes something a little bit more um evil. Yeah. <laughs> They're not just happy-go-lucky plants or pianos or whatever. Yeah, Exactly. And as I mentioned, they also have a tribal arts area. And in that, the Disney Imagineers um, tried to do a nod to the Enchanted Tiki Room where Mm -hmm. you have the the gods and the tiki gods there. Um, So when they come to life, as we've seen in the Tiki Room, they sometimes are angry. (laughs) (laughs) And so that it brings that theme through. You do in, in not want to see angry tiki. <laughs> that's gods, right. No. That's right. So um, it really, again, I when I first heard the theme of just inanimate objects coming to life, thinking, how is that really a haunted mansion? But uh, they really did stay true to that theming uh, and being respectful of the culture and understanding what. Um, you know, the visitors would actually be able to connect with right. in having it this kind of a magic theme that uh, causes I like other it. That, mis- that sounds really cool. Right? I'm looking forward to us getting a chance to check that out eventually. Right. And they, uh, again, they have, uh, because it's also a newer uh, version, they, they have a lot of high technology. The, the fact that it's a trackless um, ride as well mm-hmm. um, but the the audio animatronics too are like so superior to things oh, that I'm you've sure seen in the original ones yeah, you know that they right they really you know made this something that's so impressive well i mean they've even even within uh see we'll, we'll just go one that's close to what disneyland's haunted mm-hmm. mansion I and mean, you look at some of the audio animatronics they add when they go through and do the uh the haunted mansion holiday with the nightmare before christmas mm-hmm. theme you look at the uh, jack skellington audio animatronic that you come up across near the end of it and it's right. just it's really more advanced it looks it that's flows true. smoothly it looks like jack is talking to you there it's really really great or you know the one that's there all year round the hat box ghost right. which is only as far as i know i don't know if you've done any research mm-hmm. if it's any place else but as far as i know it's only at the disneyland version of the haunted mansion that is an amazing animatronic mm-hmm. that was it's so cool that they added there and they do use it for both uh seasons of this of the attraction and right. it's, it's just it's I, I think it's fantastic right it is yeah and i pretty sure you're right on that that it's the only one um it it was an original part of the mm-hmm. attraction but um it just didn't seem to work consistently. didn't work the way they wanted <laughs> right. it to. didn't have that image so, so until they could come up with the idea uh, animatronic that right. fit uh, that worked what they dreamed it would be exactly um, they, they added it in i don't know five or six years ago i think they, right yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting in my research um 
you know, because of last year being the 50th anniversary, the Disney Channel had some cute little promos where they actually had some characters uh, involved in the Haunted Mansion. And one of them was Baymax. <laughs> and he was trying to help this guy whose head, yes, whose head was removed from his body <laughs> and he's like stay calm and i will give you medical care and then it goes back to being on his head and he's like oh okay you're you're fixed Good now job, <laughs> i know Good job. so it's cute that you can you can find those uh, on funny. youtube on the uh d23 site actually oh, okay good to know yeah to yeah know. So anyways, that is a look at the five different haunted mansions that Disney parks have around the world, how they are similar and different. It's it's great that, like we've said in some of the other attractions that we've done deep dives, you can go to different ones. And even though there's reminiscent issues about them that, that tie it in together, they are different. And so yeah. you can appreciate the differences. Yeah, I, I found that, you know, I mean, they, the Disneyland Haunted Mansion is different from the Walt Disney World Haunted Mansion. Most of the scenes are similar right. in, in many regards, but that there's some little different, um, um, you know, uh, when they come into play. Right. There's a couple different rooms at Walt Disney World versus mm -hmm. at Disneyland's version. Um, and yeah, and it's also, like you said, over at uh, Disneyland Paris, which we've also right. been to, it's completely different as well. Although it does have that same kind of idea, same concept right. to it. So it's cool to experience them. You know, it's something familiar, but in a different way. Although right. it seems like the Hong Kong one is extremely different <laughs> than the rest. It still is that same general concept. Right, of it. right, right. So, and it's interesting, like, um, that they have the stretching rooms that are different in, mm -hmm. in some of these areas as well. Um, so in the seance room, et cetera, it, like I said, I think I'm just repeating myself. Right. It's, it's just, a, it's one of the best dark rides you're going to find. It's yeah. so much fun. Although when I was the first time I went on it at Disneyland, when I was a kid, it frightened me <laughs> so much. I was crying at the end of it so right. badly. And I think that's how I started being crying at everything. I just started early in my career <laughs> right, at the right, Haunted right, Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I grew, of course, to love it. it. Like I said before, it's like one of my, it, you know, of the classic attractions. Right. It is my favorite attraction right. by far. Yeah, the the one at, um, well, the three main ones called Haunted Mansion are, you know, very similar in terms of the level of, the, they wanted it a little bit scary, but not super right. scary. Whereas the other two, Mystic Manor and Phantom Manor, are set to be a little bit more... Ooh, a little more extreme. Extreme. A little more, bit more scary. A little more um, startling. Right. Yeah. You know, so... Very cool. Well, yeah. great. Michelle always does the best deep dives <laughs> into this. Uh, we'd love to know if you have any uh, stories about uh, your trips to any of the Haunted Mansions, especially if you've been to a couple of the ones that we haven't visited mm -hmm. yet. But uh, we'd love to know your experience with the Haunted Mansion. Um, what do you love about them? You know, what would you like to see added that you've seen at other uh, Haunted Mansions uh, right. uh, around? Uh, let us know. Hit us up on our Gmail account or on social media. But uh, Michelle always does yeah. the best deep yeah, dives. Thank you. That is our grim grinning guide to Disney's <laughs> Haunted Mansions and Manors. So good job.
job, sweetheart. Oh, Again, you. Uh, you always do such a great job with your research. Always find some interesting stuff that I had no idea. I would then sell. It's really, really cool. Well, so, thank you. Uh, good job. I appreciate it. It's fun doing the research. I guess I geek out a little bit. But. Yeah. Well, why not? I mean, it's. It, I, I think most people would agree that the Haunted Mansion is one of their favorites. I mean, it may not be like mine where it's, it's like right at the top, right. you know, but it's a classic attraction that most people really enjoy. And right. We've even had the a chance to, on one of the tours, to go in, within it and see some of the inner right. workings, which, you know, some people don't like to see that kind of magic exposed, but I think it's really cool to see how this all happens right. and everything. And I'm not going to give it away here, but it is pretty interesting to see how some of this stuff within that attraction itself happens. Right. I mean, if we had moved, what, another two or three inches, we would have been part of the attraction. That's right. <laughs> no. I know. There are, there are other aspects Aspects of it that I think are interesting, like you said, for some people it um, it may diminish some of the you know the allure the magic, of it, yeah. the magic of yeah. it, you know. But maybe someday we'll do something on how someday. they they clean it. So. <laughs> Haunted Mansion tidying tips. That's right. <laughs> That's our next episode, right? Uh, uh, great job. Thank you. Michelle always does the best research. Oh, so uh, let's get to our Disney stories of the week. This week, I only have uh, some Disney Cruise Line stories Ooh. for you this week. And I'm going to start with that Disney Cruise Line announced their itineraries for early 2022 this week. Mm-hmm. And there's one in particular that I don't know if Michelle has heard about yet that I think may end up being our cruise in 2022. So this is interesting. So uh, this straight from the Disney Cruise Line blog, which is a really great source, Mm -hmm. not an official Disney source, but they do a great job of of getting Disney Cruise Line news out there and stories and um, navigators and all oh, sorts yeah, of Oh, yeah, that's where stuff. we go yeah. to get a all lot of time. great information. All the time. Uh, I think his name is Scott Sanders. He does a great mm-hmm. job with that website. Definitely go check it out. Anyways, uh, he wrote, In early 2022, Disney Cruise Line will sail throughout the Caribbean, the Bahamas, Mexico, and more from home ports in Florida, Texas, California, and New Orleans. Plus, back by popular demand, uh, they're departing, uh, they're returning to the sunny, windswept shores of Hawaii with two 10-night Hawaiian sailings aboard the Disney Wonder. Yeah. At first, I thought that might be one of the ones we'd be interested in. We still might be, but Mm -hmm. that's not the one I'm talking about here. But um, So the story goes on. The Disney Magic, well, this is going to kind of basically go over what the new itineraries will be in early 2022. Uh, The Disney Magic will start 2022 where she left off in Miami on January 3rd, 2022, offering a mix of three four and five night Bahamian cruises and five night Western Caribbean cruises. The Magic's 2020 eastbound transatlantic voyage was not included in this release, but he has speculated that uh, you could possibly pencil it in for May 8th of 2022 if you're thinking about doing a transatlantic Ooh. crossing, So, which we've done, and they're fun. They're great. They're great cruises. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, meanwhile, the Disney Dream will continue sailing three and four night Bahamian cruises from Port Canaveral during the early part of 2022 with Friday and Monday departures starting on January 3rd of 2022. Uh, there are some sail dates where Nassau is skipped on those sailings. The Dream will just be going to Castaway Key and the Nassau stop will be placed by a sea day, which hmm. if you've been to Nassau a hundred times, a sea day is going to feel really nice some yes. of these times um, because it, you know, if you've done these cruises many times, you stop at Nassau. There's only so much to do right, in Nassau right. at some point. Um, speaking of Castaway Key, and this is one that I think Michelle is going to be interested in here. Okay. okay? Uh, if you're looking for an extra journey to Disney's private island, there's a double dip four night sailing on March 7th on the Dream. 
that and it, this is this isn't official, but this is what um, they're speculating on the Disney Cruise Line blog, and I've seen it on another couple websites. This is going to be a Disney Vacation Club member Ooh. cruise, is what they're saying. Now, again, it's not official anywhere. Um, they they do have another Disney Vacation Club cruise already set for later in the year in August. It's an Alaska cruise. It's actually been uh, the one that they pushed back that was supposed to be for this summer, but obviously, as situation is as they are now, there's no Disney right. cruises <laughs> right now, so they've pushed that one back. The speculation is that this will be their other. Uh, Disney mm. member cruise for the East Coast uh, that year, um, and it all you know, the speculation also comes into play because this was uh, they did a similar itinerary in 2018 as well as in 2014 and 2015 for their Disney uh, Vacation Club member Ooh, nice. cruise. So that is the one that I was thinking that we may have yeah. some interest in. It falls yeah. into a period where we may be going cruising. Nice. We've always wanted we, one. We haven't sailed on the Dream yet, right. so that would complete our Grand Slam. And it's a double dip castaway yeah. key with a sea day in between. I, that sounds like a lot of fun. So we'll have um, to contact some of our DVC friends yes. to see if we can we'll, all. We'll be talking a lot about that yeah. after this episode's I'll done. I've, I've waited until now to spring it <laughs> on her. So this is the first Love she's it. heard of it. Uh, meanwhile, the Disney Fantasy will spend the early part of 2022 sailing a regular seven night Western and Eastern Caribbean cruises with a return to Saturday departures from Port Canaveral. Uh, if you recall, the Disney Fantasy switched to Sunday departures with the last itinerary release. And uh, that was believed to be in anticipation of the Disney Wish arriving at Port Canaveral for potentially Saturday departures. Um, they're switching back to Saturday, and I'll get to that reasoning why in just a moment. Meanwhile, the Disney Wonder, which always has the, the <laughs> most interesting things because right. they're all over the globe, it right. seems like, uh, will be continuing sailing from Galveston on January 6, 2022 with Western Caribbean and Bahamian sailings. Then she will return to New Orleans visit a, via a non-passenger repositioning cruise departing Galveston on February 1st. Uh, from New Orleans, the Wonder will sail four and six-night westerns along with uh, six-night Bahamian and the 14-night westbound Panama Canal cruise, which will begin on March 4th, doing the traditional uh, westbound Panama Canal. Right. Um, what we were supposed to have been on this year, the stops that we were supposed to make uh, yeah. that we didn't make. We were on it. We, we were on it. We just didn't stop. We didn't make those stops. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the Panana, after the Panana, uh, Panama Canal sailing ends, it will finish again in very close to us in San Diego, Yay. which we're happy about. Uh, it will then kick off two, four, and five night Baja sailings. Uh, with one in late March calling on Catalina Island, which is interesting that it's going to be stopping yeah. at Catalina. And they, they don't usually do that for the Disney cruise ship. So that's kind of a new port right. you might be able to hit. Uh, in late April, uh, the Disney Wonder will reposition to Vancouver with a turnaround for back-to-back 10-night -back sailings to and from Hawaii. It'll be leaving Vancouver, heading out to Hawaii on April 26th and departing for her return to Vancouver on May 6th. Uh, once again, the Wonder returns to Vancouver on May 16th and she will begin her Alaska season then. Um, obviously, they, we don't know any of the dates officially for the Alaska season then, but we know that the uh, DVC member cruise that was postponed for this year, as I already said, is pushed to August of 2022. Right. 
So okay. very interesting. If you're looking to book those itineraries, uh, here's one that'll become available. And you, this, um, by the time you're listening to this, some of them may be already open for you. So um, just to let you know, we were recording this on the 18th, Sunday, the 18th. Uh, Platinum and Castaway Club and Golden Oak members, who I know a lot of you are listening to the show right now. <laughs> um, you can start booking on Monday, October 19th, beginning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. That's 5 a.m. Pacific. So um, all these are going to be at the same time, 8 a.m. Eastern, right. 5 a.m. Pacific, when you can begin booking them. If you're a Gold Castaway Club member, you can start booking on Tuesday, October 20th. If you're Silver Castaway Club member, as well as a Disney Vacation Club member, or a uh, an Adventures by Disney Insider who have previous who have not previously sailed with Disney, uh, you can begin booking on Wednesday, October twenty first, and bookings are open for the general public on Thursday, October twenty second. Uh, the best way to book those is, is you know sign in with your uh, member. Uh, ID and go online. It's the easiest way, but you can also uh, call 800-388-4513 to book it that way. Or you can contact your travel agent, which also works really well. Um, By the way, if you're you're interested, um, I'm happy. We are Platinum, so we can begin online looking up prices for you. So if you have any interest in wanting to know, say you're a gold or silver and you want to know what some of the prices are a day or so early, so you can kind of get an idea. Um, hit me up. Um, send us an, a, something on our Gmail account telling what cruise you're looking for and what category you're looking for, and I'll I'll look it up for you and I'll send you the price. Or you can hit us up on so DM us on social media, and I'll do the same thing. That's what we're willing to do for you because we're a giving <laughs> podcast. Uh, so, um, kind, honey. Yeah, I know. And no one will hit us up anyway, so <laughs> it's really easy for me to say that. Because, but if you do, really, seriously, it's really easy for me to just do a quick look up online for you and find out and give you a price. Can't guarantee that will be the price when you can finally get on there, but I'm happy to look it up for you so you can have some sort of idea to book because right. um, I'm looking forward to getting Disney Cruise going again and getting people back on board and, and uh, it being successful because we love Disney Cruise so much. Yes. So um, moving on with more Disney Cruise news, if you remember just a second ago, I mentioned that the fantasy is moving back to Saturday sailings when they originally thought that's going to be moving for the uh, Disney Wish. Well, the reason why they're moving back is because um, those itineraries for the Disney Wish, they've been pushed back (laughs) a little bit, as of course you might expect with what's going on in our world right right now. Construction on the brand new ship, uh, the Disney Wish, has been delayed. So originally they were supposed to be start sailing in early uh, 2022 Now it's been pushed back. It looks like it's going to be somewhere in the summer of 2022. So if you're looking for the inaugural cruise for that, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for the Disney, the brand new Disney wish, but we're excited once that uh, comes out. Finally, one last Disney cruise line story for you. And that is that they announced this week, they'll be changing the titles of some of their stateroom categories in 2022. Yes. Um, Again, according to the Disney Cruise Line blog, uh, they, they even though there were stories out there that they're refurbishing these cabins, that's not the case. They're just renaming the categories um, to kind of streamline it, especially when the Disney Wish comes out. So Disney Cruise Line blog says they'll be eliminating some categories and modifying the concierge categories in an effort to make things more intuitive for their guests. Uh, not all stateroom categories are changing, and the number of staterooms and cabin numbers will remain the same for all the ships. It, like I said, see, it, basically they're just streamlining it to make it easy. Because right. and especially when you got to concierge, um, there was a lot of T's and V's right. and R's and stuff. No, it's going to be like the Royal is going to be. And I, if you want to go to the Disney Cruise Line blog, they have them all listed out there for you. I'm not going to go through them here. 
but basically like the Royal is going to be one a, um, you get to a, you know, a, a two bedroom suite. Right. It's not a Royal. It's going to be like, um, two a, you know, and, and, gotcha. and so forth. And so just to make it easier, it's, it's less confusing right. for everybody as right. you're going through them. So Good. that's what they're doing. And that's going to be, um, it, it, that's going to be really taking part in 2022 as they prepare for the wish to be released. Right. So, yeah. Makes sense. And that yeah. sounds good. I so. think that especially for people who aren't uh, as familiar with cruising with with Disney, uh, that was what made them kind of different than some of the other cruise lines. It's like, okay, well, what category is? Yeah, what's that? a T? What's a V? Right. It, it can be a little confusing, but this will make it much easier for you. It's just right. going to basically count down one A, one B, one two A, two B, and so forth as you go through the categories. Uh, balconies are in the fours. Um, I think some of the uh, uh, the ocean views are in the fives right, and so right. forth. So it'll just make it simpler to uh, go through the guidebook and kind of know what you're what you're getting when you ask for those categories. That's great. So that's it for the Disney stories of the All week. Contrary. Oh, Michelle has a Disney story. Michelle always has the best Disney stories. <laughs> well, so it's, it's I'm actually, glad she has one this week. <laughs> well, it's actually one that um, we put out on social media and you already know it. So it's not a big news item to you. But um, Dan Povenmire announced yeah. that the Disney Channel is adding on a new series called Hamster and Gretel. <laughs> it looks funny. <laughs> it looks great. He um, obviously we're big fans of his having been. Uh, been one of the co-creators for um, Phineas and Ferb uh, and, and he's the one that's also very uh, much responsible for the music mm -hmm. that comes out in, in that so we know he does awesome work he's very funny and he uh, and how he writes is something that is appreciated by kids and adults and so the concept that he uh he describes and and you should really go out and look at his little uh elevator pitch there but I guess an alien um, aliens decide to give special powers to a brother and sister and when the power ray comes it misses the brother it hits the hamster <laughs> so hamster and the sister Gretel uh, have now superpowers to help save the world and but they're still with the brother and, and kind of the relationship that they have. Right. Meanwhile, the brother is like, what, what, it was supposed to be me. What, <laughs> what, the hamster? Really? It sounds hilarious. I right. love the concept. I love that there's Eve. Uh, Dan Povemeyer even said there's going to be music in it, just right. like he had in Phineas and Ferb and Milo Murphy's Law mm -hmm. and stuff. It's going to be, I'm. it sounds excellent. I'm right. excited to check it out when it uh, officially debuts. Right, exactly. And he also shared in an interview that, you know, he has uh, an older sister and that, you know, it, he kind of drew on some of the experiences that he had with his sister. That'll be cool. Yeah. So that's a go. Michelle's stories, always the best stories. I'm trying to so. remember if it's older sister or younger sister. There's like a 10-year gap, wow. whatever it is. Mm, interesting stuff. Can't remember now. But it just, again, I'm just more excited about the show that's going to yeah. be happening. Can't wait for that to come out. I love the concept. Sounds great. Yes. I'm excited for it. So like I said, Michelle's story is always <laughs> the best story. Speaking of the best from Michelle, let's get to our tips of the week. We always try and leave you before we get off the show with some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation, whether it be Walt Disney World, eventually Disney Cruise Line, eventually Disneyland. Hey, Disneyland Paris. Maybe we'll, someday we'll have a tip for that uh, out there for you. Who knows? Maybe someday we'll actually get to visit... Uh, 
Tokyo Disneyland or Hong Kong Disney or whatever. And we'll have some tips for you there. But we always start every week with Michelle because she has the best research. (laughs) She has the best stories, but she also has the very best tips. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. So my tip, uh, basically, uh, the bulk of it comes from Scott Kumka. Uh, On Twitter, you can find him at Scott Kumka. K-U-M-K-A. And I just, I saw one of his posts and I thought, wow, that is a great idea. So uh, what he suggests, like with PhotoPass, is uh, when you're getting ready to get, to pose for that special picture is ask the photographer if their camera has magic in it. Mm. Uh, Because some of those cameras do. And when that happens, you might find a special character appear in your photo with you. Yeah, they're there. You just don't see them unless they the magic unveils That's them. That's right. Yes. Exactly. So it's it's always great just to get to ask that to see if one appears in your photo and check your photo passes later. Um, what he did mention is the the cameras used on tripods generally don't have that kind of magic. What is a tripod to extract the magic? I don't know. But, you know, we've had pictures taken with tripods. And what I think we've noticed is that it, it like, especially at night, it captures the light and either does something uh, magical with how the, the that light twinkles and shows up it might have like an image in the in the sparkleness of Mm. it or just that it it, um draws like at christmas time when you have maybe the christmas tree behind you Mm. um the lighting really is it's it's more prominent uh in your photo different special magic going on with that lighting but it might not be a character so interesting anyways thank you scott for letting us use this Uh, i really appreciate that you were Happy to let us use that, and it was a great tip. Yeah, really interesting tip, and good to know. And especially, I mean, if you're going to go out and and purchase the the photo mm-hmm. pass, you know, um, one of the great things about having photo pass is this magic. Right. And some of these cameras take advantage of that when you're on your vacations because you'll be, you know, and then there are surprises. You don't know what kind of magic, what characters are around right. you that you can't see. Um, so when they eventually show up on your My Disney experience, mm-hmm. um, it's always exciting to exactly. see what, what magic occurs, what characters are around you that you weren't able to see, but the magic in the camera picked out. Yeah, for they're invisible to That's us. right. But. Yeah. Very cool. Michelle's tips. Yeah. Always the best tip. Well, this and one is for Scott. From Scott Kumka. Thank you. Yes. I hope we're pronouncing your name right, by yeah, the way. Yeah, really. Thank you very much. <laughs> so either way, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, my tip, uh, it's kind of, it's going to go back to something I normally put out virtually every time when there's new Disney itineraries released. And that is, um, if you're thinking about booking these cruises, I'm going to start off with this. There's an, and I'm going to add a little bit more to it. Um, do it early. Uh, because usually the very best prices come out for Disney Cruise Line right away. Um, they only tend to go up as they get more full, right. um, which a lot of Disney cruises, they do sell out often, right. uh, you know, if not fully sold out, category sold out, whatever the case may be. So you want to book early. And uh, one of the best things about that is even if you're not completely sure that that is what you want to do. All you need to do is put a deposit down on it. And especially now, it's even more so now because of what's going on in our world. Um, Their cancellation policy is pretty wide open right right now. I can't guarantee that I'll continue on forever. But for right now, it's pretty wide open. But as long as you cancel before your final date where you need to pay in full, um, you can shift it to a different cruise. You can cancel completely at no cost to you. Um, So, you know, it's worth it if you have any ideas to book now, 
uh, take advantage of the early price. If it does drop at another point, you can book it at that lower rate. You can rebook it at that. But usually that is not the case with Disney. So I always say uh, book early if you're thinking about doing one of these itineraries that just come out. Also, once you've booked, because of these exciting itineraries are out there, um, there's another thing that we, uh, you know, I think Michelle may have brought this up in one of her tips uh, before as well. Um, You want some extra fun, extra excitement leading up to that trip? Go out to like Facebook and there are a lot of groups that you'll find out there that are for your specific sailing that people are who are going to be on that cruise will sign up for. And you can get involved with this group and you can kind of count down the days together. And sometimes there's a lot of some community events that go on with this group, you know, including we did one for our Panama Canal cruise. Um, where we did a sock exchange exactly. where, you know, I got some, we gave some brand new socks away to a few people. Um, we got some brand new socks yeah. that are really cool. Um, also, you know, if, if you have some kiddos out there, um, there's things called fish extenders where, you know, the, the mailbox on these Disney cruise lines are um, they're fish essentially. Right. And you can add these things to it that have little pouches right. and people will come by and drop little gifts for the kids right, in there. Right. And you can kind of uh, do a lot of that. Yeah, you can do a lot of that yourself, and, and and it's just kind of another fun way, and you get the kids involved with right. that. All. You know, it's another way for them to get excited. They can expect they may get some things in theirs. They're giving some stuff right. that maybe you put together or you purchased or whatever, and they're giving those away, and you can have a lot of fun. It's just one more way to get excited about right. what should be exciting anyway, which is a Disney cruise. Right. Uh, the other thing, too, that you can start preparing is magnets and mm, yeah. either creating your own magnets or you know there's there's a lot of sites out there that have um you know different type of things that you can either purchase or that you can create you know diy and they have the templates that you can download yeah um so yeah your doors are metal uh so magnets going don't want to put stickers on them yeah. but magnets you can put on there so you can do all sorts of fun different stuff another, another way to be crafty and creative right. and it, you know some of the, the best things about going on a disney cruise now is seeing what people have done with magnets on there sometimes right. you know you get a little pixie dust and someone drops a magnet that you didn't expect right. on yours we've had that it's like <laughs> yes. where did that magnet right. come from someone was nice and dropped us a little magnet exactly you know? it's so. really cool so i uh, definitely do all that Great to get tip, set baby. thank you uh that's it for this week next week we're wrapping up the spooky season with another frightfully fun topic. Mm. Yeah, we may not be able to enjoy the party right now, uh, but that doesn't mean we can't have some not-so-scary fun. Right. So we'll be counting down our five favorite not-so-scary Disney moments from movies, TV shows, maybe even the parks. Who right. knows? But we'll be food. Yeah, food. All sorts of fun stuff. It could be a very wide open topic. Whatever your uh, favorite not so scary uh, moment is, not so scary thing is, whatever. Uh, we want to know your five favorites. Uh, please send them to us. We'll be hitting you up through the newsletter and we'll be hitting up on social media so you can be part of that show as well. Right. And don't forget, sign up for the newsletter. We don't use that email address for anything other than sending you a weekly newsletter and we don't share it with anybody. So it's safe. Yeah. It's, it's and fun. Completely. And we don't clog your inbox either with right. a bunch of different things. Just once a week, we send this to you. And uh, yeah, we just like you to be more in the Hyperion Adventures. No. And uh, the best way to sign up for the newsletter is just go to our website where you can also find all our podcasts and other things that we have as well. Right. HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Uh, there should be a pop-up window that comes up. That you can sign up for the newsletter there. There's also a lot of things at the bottom of the page. Believe me, there's all sorts of ways to sign up for the newsletter. So please do so. Also, uh, please 
find us on YouTube where we have a lot of fun with these videos on YouTube. You get to see Michelle all decked out. You get to see my quarantine hair regrowing in every week because it's been three months since I've got a haircut again. So the hair is growing and growing and growing. So you can, you can see how it's growing on me. Um, you can do that all through the YouTube. And if you want to find us there, just do a search for Hyperion Adventures podcast. Uh, when uh, it comes up, hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. Also, please follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We do. We love hearing from you so very much. It keeps us going uh, through all these days. And it's, you know, you inspire us yes. to keep doing this show. And so we that's why we just love being in contact with you as much as possible. Right. So. And we want to make the show something that you enjoy. Yeah. Every, every single week. That's why we try and do diverse, uh, different topics every week. And that's why we go back to similar topics sometimes we know you love the music episodes um, that has shown up in our downloads every single time we do a music episode that's why we go back to those so often but more than anything else we want it to be fun for you every single week so please uh, if you have ideas for episodes that you think would be fun uh, do hit us up in any of these forms uh, social media or through the gmail account yeah so that's it for this week thank you for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast we look forward to sharing some time with you again next week Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.